Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, the new season's underway. We're looking much better since that Southampton game. Feel a lot better about that. And uh, what's better to go with uh, football than beer? Excuse me a moment while I take a little sip of this. <sighs> yeah. I've got some good news for you. Beer 52, the beer specialists, are offering you the chance to get some free beer through the Spurs show. They're offering eight craft beers, sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. These people are mad about beer. They go all over the world and they, they discover these little breweries, these kind of artisan breweries who make really delicious beer. I've had quite a lot of it myself. I don't mind admitting. Uh, all you have to do to get this, you get free eight free beers. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash spurs. That's the important bit. And all you've got to do is pay the post and packing, which is about six quid, five ninety five actually. They will send you eight beers. Uh, and then if you sign up, you get a case every month and they're on different themes. They've had themes like New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, various parts of the United States and Europe. They're an independent British company. They're passionate about UK craft beer as well. So sometimes you get that, you get a bit of a UK beer. If dark beer is not your thing, you can choose a light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine, by the way, Ferment and also a tasty snack. Yeah, a tasty snack as well. And if you don't like it, if you don't don't get on with it, which I, I predict you probably will, but if you don't want it, you just cancel it any time. It's not like a phone contract where you're tied in forever. So just go to beer52.com forward slash spurs to get your first case of eight beers for just the post and packing cost of $5.95. Beer52.com forward slash spurs. By the way, that's the word beer and then the numbers 52.com. Hello Spurs fans around the world, it's Theo Delaney here saying welcome to another Spurs show at this very busy, busy time for Tottenham Hotspur. I've got three great guests with me to talk about a whole long list of items on our agenda. Uh, Sean Singleton, one of our longest serving players, is back. Sean, how are you? Not too bad, Theo. Good to be back. Good to have you, mate. Also returning, Simon Dent. How are you, Simon? Very well. This is great timing. Happy to be here. Good. And making his debut, Jake Richards. Jake, how are you? Very well, Fia. How are you? I'm very good. Lovely to have a, a, a newbie. Have you have you ever listened to this show before? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a keen fan. Listen all the time. Uh, and what a week to make my debut with Bale in the game uh, on Sunday. Fantastic. Unforgettable. It will it will prove unforgettable. Now, before we do anything else, before we get onto this packed agenda, Jake, it is uh, it is my duty because you're a first timer to ask you what was your first match at Tottenham. What was the first Tottenham game you saw? It, so it was the first. It was the opening game of the season when United came to the lane and Teddy Sheringham was playing for United. It was his first game for Man U, Ooh. having left us. He missed a penalty at nil nil. Oh. Uh, and then United scored two goals late on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a sign of things to come, really. But uh, that was my first game as a season to gold anyway. I can't remember my first actual game. Um, but that was when it all really began for me. I was only about seven uh, back then, and I've been season to older ever since. So. Wow, you're a seven-year-old season to get older. 
Yeah, my dad took me down as a seven-year-old, yeah. Or That's maybe great. eight, I can't remember. But yeah, no, seven or eight and um, been going ever since. So, um, yeah, that was it. That's great. That was that was probably Teddy's lowest point in terms of how we regarded him because, of course, he, he sunk very, very low that summer when he said nasty things about the club. Left, goes to Man United. We absolutely gave him hell when he, that day. And, of course, yeah. we ended up loving him again, didn't we? Well, he, was, he was getting a lot of abuse that day. And as a yeah. seven-year-old, I remember my dad having to kind of put his hand over my ears at certain points, but uh, <laughs> especially after the penalty that he missed. Uh, but yeah, and then I remember obviously when he came back uh, after United and I, I always uh, loved him as a player, actually. So um, yeah, uh, that was my first game. And uh, Teddy, uh, it's, it's Spurs legend now, I think. Spurs legend now. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Definitely. Okay, well, listen, uh, guys, we've got so much to talk about here. And, uh, you know, normally we'd probably do this in chronological order, but I would say I would say that it would be, I think we should do it as if it's a newspaper. We would do the biggest story first. And we'll work through them that way. And, of course, there's only one there's only one candidate for biggest story. It's what you might call a dream come true, the return of Gareth Bale. Simon, did you ever think you'd see the day? I didn't. Um, it's it's been incredible, hasn't it? The last few days, um, just what we've needed, um, not just as a as for the sort of team and the, how the team has been performing, but I think just as a club as a whole, um, and also as well, you know, I think you all remember last time. I've always been one to sort of back Daniel Levy, and I think this is just another example of him, you know, putting his money where his mouth is, and yeah, it's an incredible. Uh, investment and gesture I do think it will last longer than one year um, and yeah I've been over the moon for the last few days yeah I mean it, you say it's an incredible investment but a lot of people have said uh, how can we afford it is it foolish is it just a, a, an emotional but to me it seems like a, a, a good deal the amount of money that we're parting with to get someone of that stature what do you think Sean no definitely I think uh, he brings uh, it's not just his qualities. Obviously, he's not going to be the sort of bionic superhero he was uh, that last season. But he brings belief, experience, winning mentality. Uh, I think he takes the pressure off Son and Kane. Mm. Um, he's going to make more goals for Kane. Um, and I just think there's so many positives. Um, yeah, we just we need to get him on the pitch, say, 15, 20 games a season. So that's, I suppose, the unknown is how how fit he can be and how injury-free he can be. But I think there's so many positives. As Simon says, it's it's good for the team, the squad and for the club. I think it's incredible. Yeah, and that's why I think he's good value, even at, even at the money that is changing hands. When you consider to buy a player, anything like that kind of stature, you know, would normally cost you 100 million quid. I mean, it, it seems like a good deal. How do you see him uh, fitting in, Jake? Do you think he'll... Um, where do you think what sort of impact will he have on the pitch do you think well I think everyone is expecting him to play on the right so Mora um, yeah Mourinho obviously likes Mora because he works hard he's disciplined but the prospect of having Son on the left Kane uh, uh, as the nine and then Bale on the right is just mouth-watering and actually the game against Everton you saw Kane drop deep pick of the ball up in midfield areas areas that Ericsson used to kind of occupy and his passing is so underrated, uh, maybe not after the Everton game, but it has been underrated. And the prospect of those passers feeding not just Son, but also Bale, um, I think is scary. I, I agree with Sean. I don't think he's going to play every game, even when he is fit, because that Bale just picks up muscle injuries like mm. nobody else. But if we can get to the latter stages of the Europa League, have an FA Cup run, big games against big teams, you want Gareth Bale playing for you. Um, and I think that's what you'll see that he'll be kind of looked after uh, and hopefully at the back end of the season, um, he, he can make the difference. Uh, but I, it's just so exciting. As the news broke on you know Tuesday night, it started, the rumours started spreading. All my Spurs friends, even family members who don't follow football were texting me. Everyone's so excited. And um, yeah, it's just great. Fantastic. And, and, and apart from the emotional uh, link, he is just a bloody great footballer. Um, and it's great to have him playing at all, but especially for Spurs. Also, yeah. I, think the, I think also the other factor is that, you know, because he's been, he seems quite an intelligent, sensitive guy. And he's, he's had so much stick. Um, so he's coming to a place. It's such a shame there won't be fans in the stadium, but he will have so much love 
that hopefully that will you know make him more motivated and determined to to prove Real Madrid and their fans wrong. Yeah. Just one final point as well. I think it's just you know talk about taking the pressure off. I mean the other teams are going to be dreading playing him. There's nothing yes. like him in the Premiership, and I think. I imagine most prep sessions for games against Spurs, most of the time will be spent how you're going to deal with Bale, which is fantastic for, you know, the other strikers and players on the pitch because they're probably going to get a lot more freedom. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm looking at the way we've been playing and the way Mourinho tends to play, which is a kind of uh, Pulis-esque kind of uh, (laughs) direct game where he has a sort of a, a back sort of, six or seven that have all got to work very hard, remain in position and do whatever they can to prevent the other team uh, making chances. And then when they get the ball, there's no, there's no pretense at sort of pretty possession or anything. Loft it, get it up there and uh, leave it to the forwards. And what that depends upon that plan is discipline and, um, you know, uh, obedience in the back six and seven, but and but it absolutely desperately needs very quick and very clever, good finishing, good passing, front three or four. And when you look at, um, you know, your first instincts when you hear a plan like that is that that sounds like a terrible plan from like 20 years ago. But when you look at the personnel, especially in the, the front personnel, is there a better trio? Is, it, is there a trio of footballers better suited to that? than uh, Bale, Son and Kane because they're so clever and in case of Bale and Son, so quick I mean the passing of Kane as you mentioned Jake is absolutely fantastic but Bale also is a is a brilliant passer because he's just a brilliant all-round footballer they can all finish I mean incredibly well I mean they're, they're world-class finishers you suddenly think Mourinho's um, tactics may be uh, anachronistic but with this personnel they might just work what do you think Simon? I think we're going to be in some high-scoring games. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, I've got visions of sort of basketball matches happening when we get pounded, we then pound them. Um, I think it's exciting. I think we'll come on to it. But I do think the, um, yeah, one of the problems, as we know, is, is the centre-back position. Probably, well, one, I'd say, is a problem. So I think that, that's really instrumental, isn't it, in, in how we then attack. Yes. But the distribution as well, I think the Celso is now fitting in quite well. Um, and on Dombele is, is finally showing a few signs. So, yeah, I, I'm confident if we can get hold of the ball and we can release these guys, we'll score goals. But as you said, it, it's just all about shutting up shop. And, you know, again, Lloris, fabulous against, um, or should I say a fabulous shot stopper and, and an example of that against Southampton. But there are still questions about, you know, other parts of his game. Yeah. Also, we mustn't we mustn't forget. Uh, you know, the we've upgraded our left back as well. So I was he, just about to say, yeah, yeah, he's going to get. You know, I think he'd probably get more bookings than Ben Davis, but he's going to score. He's going to create a lot more goals than Ben Davis. From what I've read about him and seen him, he's really quick. He's really aggressive. Yeah, he's got lots of energy, and yeah. we're you know, we're almost forgetting. That, you know, he cost twenty seven million for a left back. He looks amazing. He's so, a top yeah. player. Yeah, if he'd have come yeah. at any other time, we'd be raving and being really excited about him. Of course, he's been, like you say, he's been rather overshadowed, which I'm sure he, he perfectly well understands. I quite like their absurdly bombastic signing film they did for him, which we were <laughs> thinking they've literally taken every single effect they can find in After Effects and wherever they can get, they've bunged it all in the kitchen seat. And you're thinking, please. And then suddenly you get to that brilliant end bit. Did you see it where... It's just him sitting in the dressing room and he just says on the phone in Spanish, it's, yeah, I think it's your turn, my friend. And you think, ah, oh, that is a clever ending because that film came out Saturday evening, by which time we'd gone a whole day. We're all going crazy thinking it's gone wrong. It's gone wrong. He's not coming. <laughs> and it was, such a, it was such a good way of announcing it. But I agree. I, I like the look of this left back. And I think that actually what we've all been craving for a long time is is um, because we so desperately miss the halcyon days of Walker and Rose. Mm. And and suddenly in Doherty and uh, this guy, Reg, Reg, how are we saying it? Reguilon? Oh, God knows. <laughs> Reguilon, let's say, let's say Sergio anyway. Sergio yeah. Reguilon. I mean, the two of them look like, a bit like what Walker and uh, Rose are all about. And they're very... Um, front foot they're very very quick and physically strong and aggressive they're not going to be pushed around and that's exactly what we had of course with walker and rose and what it seems to provide is the option of you can play with a back four with them but you could also play with a back three 
and you could play a kind of three four three if you wanted to because they're those sort that you know they're they could be wing backs as well as full backs i think so that's all really exciting um talking about that those tactics of course that that we that where it, where you get it forward quickly and try and soak it up uh and knock teams with sucker punches what a what an extraordinary game <laughs> at southampton it's one of the most unbelievable turnarounds i can ever remember i mean what son and kane just looked world class didn't they in that second half in fact she and Ndombele's assist where do you even begin with a game like this what on earth did you make of it jake well, look, at half time, I think we were all kind of head in hands. It was a pretty terrible 45 minutes, I thought, uh, apart from Tangai and Dombele's uh, moment of genius just before half time. But we were pretty poor. I mean, we, didn't, we created a few chances in the first half, but that was really just because Southampton's defensing, defending was uh, hopeless. But we, we didn't have much of the ball. Southampton seemed to want it more, they were more aggressive. And then at half time, the news came through that the Celso was coming on for Ndombele and all my Spurs fan mates were going crazy, really, and saying it was the end for Mourinho. But in the second half, Harry Kane uh, 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 ran the show. And I know uh, Son obviously got four goals, but Kane was just marvellous, absolutely stunning. Um, and he was the difference. And I think you're right what you were saying earlier, that I think Mourinho knows that he's got two world-class forwards now with Bale to come. And the tactic is get the ball to them as quickly as possible because they can score against anyone. They can score from nothing. And we saw that on Sunday where, you know, Kane, Kane setting up some for those goals with some incredible passing. And then by the end, the mood looks the whole thing looked very, very different. And uh, everyone um, seems much more optimistic now. Um, and that's what can happen in football. Um, at half time, it looked pretty grim. Uh, and then came when you've got world class players, you can uh, uh, run away with it in the second half. And now we're all looking very much more positive. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be harder to play like that against teams that don't push up quite so much. I mean, Southampton's high line is so high and they don't have, I don't think, a great deal of pace. So once you're over the top of them, if you've got pacey forwards, you can. But it worked a bloody treat, that's for sure. I mean, um, but what about the other new signing, Hoybier? Because the jury's a bit out on him. In the yeah. first game, he got some pretty mixed reviews, but uh, and he doesn't do anything showy. But Sean, how do you think he's settling in? I, I thought he was uh, poor in the in the first half. Him and Winks, they just went for us like a knife through butter. They, I mean, how many? You know, Lloris made that great save. Ben Davis uh, did an incredible block. So we could have been two 0 down, and we wouldn't have really had much to argue about. And, um, but I think he, he obviously got a bit better in the second half, but he does, he just doesn't look fit. That's, that's the issue. He looks, every time you go, the camera goes to him, he looks like he's exhausted. Yeah, so he's, maybe, he's panting, isn't he? Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's just for whatever reason, he's not match fit. And, um, but I think he will come good though. And he's definitely what, you know, as you said about those Mourinho tactics, that holding the one or two um, defensive um, central midfielders are key to that tactic working because, you know, you've got to protect the the, the back four, uh, especially, uh, you know, I think assignments, I think our, our centre-backs, we do need an upgrade there. I think we are a bit weak. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Well, let's talk more about that and, and uh, our insane fixture schedule after this short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. 
or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Okay, so just before we go on, I've got a couple of uh, things I should tell you about. I would encourage you to join uh, and get a Spurs Show season ticket. You can do that at season.spursshow.net for just £10 a month for two tickets for each monthly event. And the next event is scheduled for September uh, the 30th with Martin Chivers, uh, you know, regulations permitting. Uh, for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs news show, match reports, interviews with ex-players and much more, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Spurs show. Uh, you can try it for a month and support the show. See what you think. Uh, on the Spurs Flicks version, you get a new documentary from Pete Hayne from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. He takes you through Tottenham historical walks. Uh, that's the third part of that series. And there's a show on superstition from Willie Morgan. And uh, oh no, that's Willie Morgan's is called Spurs on the Record. Because, of course, Willie Morgan, the, uh, the voice of White Hart Lane, was very much involved in those classic Tottenham records of the 80s. Uh, and apparently it says it costs 40p a week. That can't be bad, can it? <laughs> Next week, by the way, we've got Paolo Hewitt and Martin Chivers. So uh, let's talk about this. Well, as we speak, it's no long, it, it, there, there's some doubt been thrown over the Orient game. We're speaking on Monday evening. We're, we're due to play Orient tomorrow night in the League Cup. We're then, but we've then got a game on... Um, Thursday in Mac- Macedonia against Skendija. <laughs> well said. And, uh, thank you. And then, uh, and then, of course, we've got Newcastle on Sunday. Now, you know, I could, you know, I've, we've all been watching football a long time. We are all used to managers moaning about fixture congestion, but this is in, on a whole other level, isn't it? I mean, to play two games during the week and one at the weekend, this is. It's almost unprecedented, especially to do it week after week after week. And if you look at the, um, it's interesting, Sean, that you said he looks knackered, Hoybier. He's played every game. Yeah. And um, no wonder he's bloody knackered. You know, some of the, there are some others who've played every game. Dyer's played every minute of every game. Hoybier has played every minute of every game. Lloris, obviously, different, a bit different for a goalkeeper. Son has played every minute of every game. How do you see him? tackling that this week because the awful thing about it is is we really want to stay in the league cut in the Europa League don't we Simon what what would you what do you anticipate him doing for these two games if if the Orient game's on yeah it's tricky isn't it I think that coming so early in the season when players haven't really had a pre-season it's quite testing I mean the big concern I have about it is that you know Mourinho is playing a very different tactical game to that the Pochettino played so you know, we're not getting time on the training field. So you've literally got players bouncing from airports to, to grounds and, and we're not getting that time where Mourinho's actually getting time to explain how to he wants to play. Um, he's going to have to mix it up. But then I think that it's also tricky because at the same time, some of the players he's trying to mix it up with, I'm sure are the players that he's trying to get out the door. So there's that fine balance of, you know, the, the likes of Foy, Lamella, Fernandez, who I suspect, um, they are trying to move on, but at the same time, they're playing them in games, which adds risk. And yeah, so I, it's a, it's a really challenging time. He must have a, a priority list of which uh, the Orient game is probably at the bottom of the list of priorities. And yeah, this week I imagine Thursday is top of the list. So he's just have to balance it. So do you think when you say you think Orient's at the bottom of it, is that because you think it's the easiest game? That's but or because you think that that competition is the least uh, important of the three? Well, I think it's probably the least important, and I'm, I think I'm right in saying it doesn't even have a, a European spot this season. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, look, not personally, uh, you know, I've got a lot of fondness for the League Cup, but I just think Mourinho's skill set and, and where we're going as a club, it's got to be. Thursday, Tuesday, Sunday, list of priorities. Well, I can't believe I can't believe looking at uh, Twitter that the game will be on. I'll be amazed if it's on. Uh, and the other interesting fact is we actually paid for their test. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. 
So uh, Mourinho's tactic, it's almost like the opposite of lasagna gate. It's Mourinho, <laughs> tampered, he's tampered with the test. <laughs> and so he's got the game called off. And we have to, we, therefore, we get a bye. They're not going to rearrange it. Seriously, we get a bye. That's what, if they can't build a team, then we go through. Because so, the next round's next week, isn't it? So they haven't got time to replay it, I guess. Yeah, and, it's, and we, we'll probably be playing Chelsea, won't we? It's so Chelsea or Barnsley. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, we've paid for the test. And funnily enough, <laughs> you know, they, we sent them the test and uh, they will probably had COVID probably already in the test before they took them. Um, well, it's a bit worried, isn't it? That if they hadn't sent them the test, what would have happened to our squad? I know. Well, that's what they did it because, you know, I think that some of the, they were saying at the weekend, because obviously they played Mansfield at the weekend and now Mansfield are saying you you play players who are real and you said it wasn't COVID and it's a whole can of worms. It's, it could be a nightmare. Yeah, because um, at that level, they don't have a blanket testing uh, system in, in league, leagues one and two, I don't think. And and now we're seeing the problem with that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. But from our point of view, that is... You couldn't make it up. To, if in, in one week you get Gareth Bale rejoins and we get a bye right in the middle of this terrible fixture congestion, it's like it's like it's beyond dreamland. It's like we've all died and gone to heaven, and we superb. Also, it would have been nice for Orient to play Spurs with Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, and, you know, that's for a the shame. Member of, for the, yeah. the memory of Justin Edinburgh. So um, that's a shame. And I, yeah, I was quite looking forward to it, but you know. It, we, we definitely don't need that game with all the other games. It's crazy. Someone's going to get injured or, you know, um, so. But he's definitely got to rotate, hasn't he? I mean, that Plovdiv game, the trouble um, with these games, we've never heard of any of these bloody teams. So you, you're supposedly going to go and turn them over quite easily. But the, the trouble is, it's such a trip to some obscure part of the world. It, you don't know what you're going to come up against. They weren't so terrible, Plovdiv. And, and at one point, of course, it looked like, we were going to lose that bloody game. I mean, you know, they, they just basically self-distracted <laughs> those red. Again, it's like the gods are smiling on us just when it looks like we're going out to some ignominious defeat in some obscure backwater. They managed to get two players sent off in the space of a few minutes. Well, that was crazy. I went to uh, O'Neill's in King's Cross, which is the only pub near me that was showing it. It took me, once I downloaded the app, uh, online registration and then sent like an Amazon style e-commerce uh, request for a pint, which is 25 minutes. <laughs> a pint arrived. Here's a pint arrived. The screen went blank and said, That's <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, this can't get worse. And then someone on Twitter said, they've scored. <laughs> You know, and uh, and then I was on the bus to, to meet some friends, and I just saw they had two players sent off in a minute. So I've not actually seen those sending. I've seen the goals, but yeah, what a I mean, nightmare that was. Yeah, what a I mean, nightmare. and this this is a similar journey that we're faced with on Thursday, isn't it? And it, as I say, I mean, well, it, it, if if this gets called off tomorrow, which, as you say, it looks like it probably will, then that is blessed relief because because even. Even then, these players will start to feel a bit weary. I mean, how much of a how much of a risk does he take with the selector? I mean, surely at some point he's got to rest Dyer mm. and Hoybier and Son, hasn't he? And Kane. Yeah, Mourinho. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mourinho has said that he's going to play Kane in every game. Now, I don't know whether that's sort of a message to Levy to get on with signing this striker. Yeah. But uh, you remember the beginning of this New Year's Day was when Kane picked up that hamstring injury uh, against Southampton, actually, yeah. uh, where he was out for three, four months. And that was after he'd played sort of six games in a couple of weeks because of the Christmas schedule. And uh, and that's what's going to happen again unless Mourinho, you know, gives Harry a rest because, you know, he does pick up hamstring injuries. We know that. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you, I mean, I, I agree. The Justin Edinburgh thing would have been really nice. And it's sad for Leighton Orient because it's obviously a massive game for them. Yeah. But for Spurs, it would be great if it was called off, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I think what's worth noting on that the, the game tomorrow night is obviously Mourinho came out saying that it would be a game that Ali would start. And I think, you know, we may be coming on to this, but I do think there is a... Um, there is something bubbling away in the background that's starting to sort of come onto social media. Someone's definitely the press on Ali's behalf. And I think that now that now he's not going to get the opportunity to play in that game, I, you know, I personally think that they're kind of trying to sell him. Yeah. And I think that's now out in the public domain. And I, and I imagine that they're trying to sell him because they need that money to, to get the striker and the centre back in. And when you say things are happening in the background and coming out, starting to come out in social media, is there anything more than just that? That, or is there other things that people are suggesting? I've not seen anything um, concrete, but well, 
a lot of people have said that there is a conversation going on with PSG. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah. Ali was used, um, or they attempted to use Ali in the in the bail deal. Yeah, but Madrid turned that down. But I, I just think that you know I, I've enjoyed Deli Ali, you know, watching him over the last few years. But but I have to say it's sort of got to the stage now where I think Mourinho, from what we saw on the Amazon doc, gave him a chance when he came in. I think. Ali's not really done anything. He's not really moved on. And I think if there's any player that we can move on and get £50 million for, he's the only one. And and to be honest, we need a centre-back over Deli Ali at the moment. That sounds ruthless, but I, I do think that that's the way the team's shaping up now. I've got to I mean, say, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I, he hasn't, I, you know, we all love him. He, he's a player that you, you have an emotional attachment to because he was yeah. so incredible when he first came along. He did some amazing things. You think of certain goals, the one at Arsenal where he's dinked yeah. it over the keeper, the one at Palace, of course. And you just thought, wow, we've got this. Yeah. I mean, that was the song. We've got him. We've got Ali, yeah. Deli Ali. But he hasn't played well for anything more than about one and a half, and even then, very, very occasionally, for about 18 months, in my reckoning. Don't you think, yeah. Sean? Yeah, no, definitely. But also, like, you say, like, what have you heard? But before, once that Southampton squad was announced, it was on Twitter saying the squad was shocked. So, yeah. so obviously, some player did leak that. So, whether it's, you know, whoever it is. But, um, so he obviously seems like, a, a you know, he's got friends in the dressing room. But um, yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I think he's a good player. He hasn't done it for a long time, and we need to strengthen other other areas. And also, it might be a good thing for him. Maybe he needs a yeah. challenge. I would prefer if he did go abroad to you know, to. Oh, yeah. uh, I wouldn't yeah. want to see him at Man United, and um, you know, because I think he's a, he will he will come back as a strong player. But I think um, you know, I just think it's it's just a case of whether we can get the right money. Because Levy, uh, yeah. Levy won't sell him if he can't get the right money. Well, I was going to say, I mean, 50 million yeah. based on what he's played like for the last 18 months. I mean, if I was any kind of football club, I'd, I don't think I'd be inclined to. I think I'd be saying something like, we'll take him on loan and see how we get on. Because yeah. that's how that's how poor he's been. I mean, yeah. against Everton, of course, he was hooked at half time. And I thought he was pretty shocking. I mean, others mm. have said, I mean, Jermaine Genus said at the weekend, he's usually pretty good. I love Genus as a co-commentator because he's yeah. so... He's so passionately pro Spurs, and the way that manifests itself is like all other Spurs fans. He just slags Spurs off the whole game. He's going, "Oh no, they're playing terrible! Oh, I can't believe it!" And it's because he cares so much. But he said that it, the Everton game first half, anyone could have been hooked at half. But I didn't agree with that. I thought Deli Ali. The trouble with Ali because he's not a very clearly defined player. He doesn't have a clearly defined role. Never has. So he rely. You rely on him doing special, unpredictable things. And when he's not really doing that, when he's not scoring those kind of goals or doing extraordinary things, where does he fit in? What's he doing? He's not making any other contribution. He's not really a proper number ten. He's not spraying it around. Um, there's a few flicks, and and in the in the good old days, there were a lot of good goals, a lot of goals. But, but you know. Also, in the doc, in the documentary, you know when, um, you know Simon reminded me today that uh, Mourinho sort of jokingly said, "You're a lazy trainer," which is if you're a professional player, that's that's not good. And yeah. there's a t there's a time he comes in at where you know at half time and he says, "We're just kicking it long and defending. Tactics are rubbish." So yeah. I think, you know that was revealing as well because he was the only person to question the tactics. So. Yeah, but that was a bit like Emperor's New Clothes. That's what that <laughs> reminds me of. Someone's finally said it. It's Delhi, and oh look, Delhi's been frozen out, and they want him out the club because yeah. <laughs> he's the one who's actually said it. Because that's yeah. basically it's like we said earlier. That is the tactics. Yeah, but, I mean, you I, know, yeah. I wonder the tactics that made out. Delhi bad for eighteen months. I think I wonder whether it's less football, though I accept that Delhi hasn't been good for a while. And I think something's happened behind doors because when Mourinho first came back, he made a big thing about how much he liked Delhi, how he wanted to get Delhi back. And he started against Everton, uh, obviously was hooked at half time. But I just I just think maybe something's gone on, uh, you know, off the pitch, which has affected all of this because um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's all come very quickly. And the idea that Levy would like to loan Deli Ali, which is apparently what we're offering to PSG, you know, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not great financially for the club. So it might be a case of actually Mourinho wants him out of the dressing room because he's causing problems. Now, I don't know if that's true, but reading between the lines, it yeah. seems to me like something's going on there. Being but also I think it's a you know, basic fact that I think Mourinho probably thought he's better than he is and I think that is just he's now had the opportunity to work with him for eight months um, 
and yeah, I just I just don't think it's great that someone's lazy at training. I just don't think in any of those championship winning sides that Mourinho's had, or even cup winning sides, none of his midfield would be lazy in training. Um, so yeah, I think he's been given the opportunity, and yeah, we all know that we need to get some players out, and I think he's probably the only one we can get some money for. And also, if he goes to Paris, he can teach the city of cuisine how to cook back beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean when you say something's gone on off the pitch you don't think it's the sort of thing that Pat- Patrice Ebra was talking about the week did you did you see that at the Man United game where he he yeah. said live on air that yeah. Zaha had had a had, been, had had an affair with David Moyes daughter and that's but why that, he had to be <laughs> shipped out of Man United that was the rumor but did he did he say it was true he said he said something like, "Oh, we don't know if it's true or not, but of course uh, he is supposed to have had a, an affair with David Moyes' daughter." <laughs> Poor old Kelly Case had to, had to distance Sky Sports from it very quickly when they came back to the studio. I, he's hilarious, isn't he? There's some great, very funny pundits coming through, aren't there? Roy King's obviously in a league of his own, by far the funniest, but um, Everett's very funny, and that Mika Richards, I like him, he's bloody he's, funny as well. He's, br- he's brilliant, he is superb, yeah. he's my favourite actually. Yeah, yeah, he's he's top. Jermaine, Jermaine Genius is a better pundit than he was a player for us. I think. Oh, miles better, and he's doing, yeah. and he's he's much more, he seems much more committed to Tottenham as a pundit than he was as a player. <laughs> he, he works hard as a pundit than he is as a player. Yeah, exactly, precisely. Yeah, well, it'd be a shame with Delhi, but as you say, if he goes on loan, there's not a massive financial upside aside apart from freeing up quite a large chunk of the wage bill, I guess. I mean, he's probably on massive wages. He's probably on 100 grand a week or something, isn't he? At least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think with these guys, especially the younger ones, it's the money that ruins them. They just get so much money and they're guaranteed it for, you know, you say to someone like Delhi Alley who's not grown up with money, of course, none of them have as a rule. And you say to him, look, we're going to give you £120,000 a week for the next four years, whatever happens. I mean, yeah. that's the not very motivating. Thing, the odd thing with Delhi is whenever I see him interviewed or even in a documentary, he comes across as a yeah, really quite sensible, thoughtful guy, yeah. not kind yeah. of... It doesn't sound seem like much trouble. He's obviously popular in the dressing room, but it does seem to be a, a recurrent theme now. I mean, Southgate doesn't include him in any of the England squads recently. Yeah. Uh, and he's Southgate apparently is very much, you know, I want my players to be focused purely on football. He's a, he, he takes an interest in what sort of characters they are. Yeah. So look, there may be, maybe that his head's been turned a bit. He's got this fashion brand and he's got other outside football interests, which I don't necessarily dislike. You know, they've, yeah. they've got to do yeah. something with their spare time. Um, but I don't know. there might be another story going on there. It would be such a shame because on his day, he's fantastic. And under pot, she was brilliant. Um, and well, I'd love to apart see from it. the latter stages, but they all went off yeah. at the latter stages. Didn't well, they? yeah. Who was good in the latter stages? Yeah. Really. Well, you, what you yeah. don't want to see for his sake and for football's sake, you don't want him to go full David Bentley where he just goes yeah. on yeah. and starts DJing for the rest yeah. of his contract. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think he. I think he'll come back strong either at Spurs or somewhere else. I think he's got a really good mentality. His whole story from where, where you know, his tough upbringing to making it a Premier League yeah. footballer. He, he's he's a fighter, and I think he'll be back in one form or another. But hopefully at Spurs. But let's see. So that leaves. Uh, so I mean, obviously at the end, I'll have to force you all to make predictions. But let's let's move on to next weekend when. We're playing Newcastle, who've had a very Jekyll and Hyde start to the season. They uh, dispatched West Ham with ease. West Ham then were very unlucky, I thought, in their game against Arsenal. So there's a lot of... Always happens this time of year. People make massive assumptions and predictions based on the first game, and then it all turns out to be nonsense. I mean, Spurs are a good example of that. Terrible in the first game. Thrashed Southampton away in the second game. But Newcastle are a bit of a curate's egg, and we're going to be... Let's hope we're only we've only had one midweek game. What do you do? You think they can? Do you think they can be a problem, Simon? Um, I think they can be, but I think we um, back in July was it June, July when we um, finished off the season. I thought we were quite comfortable against them, so I'm not I'm not I'm not particularly worried about Newcastle. But again, you know, as we know, as Spurs fans, it's most things can happen and usually do happen but yeah. I think if he's playing his best team I'm confident of a yeah a victory they'll score but yeah 2-1 two, two, do you think he'll do you think he'll rest players in uh, Macedonia Oof, 
I just don't think so. I think it's such an important game. Um, I'm not sure, actually. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. What if we get through? If we get through against Orient, if our game is on Tuesday, because then we've obviously got Sunday, Tuesday again next week. Yeah, I think I think it is. I've got a feeling it is. I think it's the same thing next week: Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. And of course, Tuesday is a much worse Tuesday because we're actually playing a very, very good and motivated. I mean, Frank Lampard. There's one thing he likes: is beating Tottenham. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't think he would take that game lightly. And of course, he's not playing three games a week. He's only playing yeah. two. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Thursday, I think we'll play our, a strong squad. But yeah, Sunday, who knows? But I do think we'll give, even if we have the likes of, well, our second string, I was about to say the likes of Lamella or Bergman starting, I do think we'll, we'll get a result. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Um... Do you think is he ready to start playing the the fullback though? The yeah, he, he did say that he should st- he should be involved by the end of the week. So hopefully he will start or come off the bench against Newcastle. I'm hoping. Do you think so. do you think Davis will um, just become backup now, or do you think they might think about playing a back three with Davis on the on the left hand side of a back three? Sean. Yeah, potentially. Or, or obviously Toby hasn't been playing, has he? So um, I think he could do. That. I mean. I, I think he's such a sort of cut above Davis in terms of his attacking ability. Um, And, you know, Davis did do that good flop, but I didn't think he was great, you know, uh, on on Sunday. Yeah, he's Uh, a very ordinary footballer, Davis, isn't he? So he's reliable. And I think managers like him because he'll give it, he's very professional, give it everything. But he's very much an ordinary footballer. And I always think about him that when he plays for Wales, or a lot of the time he's played for Wales, he's played on the left of a back three. Yeah. And that's worked well because he, then he just has to concentrate on just being a a defender, which he does well because he works hard, he concentrates and, and he doesn't have to worry about bombing forward and being creative, which is certainly not in his... In in his locker, I don't think. So I think that I think that I I think sometimes he might play with that back three. And they, I was reading some tactical analysis the other day. It was talking about how excellent it's probably on the athletic where you get sometimes it gets quite deep, man. <laughs> and uh, and it's about how left-footed centre backs are really important because of the angle of the passes that leave the defence up the wing. It's actually much better if you've got a left footer there because you can. You, it's, you're much more likely to retain possession and not give it away. A right footer, the passes will go nearer to the midfield players of the opposition. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. That's what obviously Jan gave us, didn't he? All those exactly. Years. We had one of the best left-footed centre-halves in the world when he was at his peak. And I'm yeah. thinking, what have we got now? Maybe that's what maybe that's Davis's future. Possibly. That could be a redemption for him. Yeah. I think. Um you know what I should probably do now is actually force you to make those predictions. Simon went early with his Newcastle one, but I'm going to make you do them. I'm going to make you do them now. We're assuming Orient doesn't happen tomorrow. If it does happen tomorrow, I would like predictions from you all in this order. Simon, Sean, Jake. Uh, Tottenham on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Tottenham 3-1. 3 nil Tottenham. Okay, so of course the, the the thing is we don't know if it's going to happen. We also don't know how he's going to rotate. But I can't help thinking of of uh, Colchester United. Oh, don't. oh yeah. That's the other thing started, wasn't it? That was the that was yeah. the beginning of the end. But the only other thing I would say also is that is it a poison chalice? If we win that game, we've got to play Chelsea next Tuesday in between Newcastle yeah. and another Europa game. Yeah. I mean, you're almost better off not doing that. But anyway. Let's move on. Let's move on to the... Uh, so the game in... Mac- We're calling it the game in Macedonia because it's easier to say than actually <laughs> name the team. What do we think there, Simon? Uh, victory, but by no, no, no idea what score. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to insist. Okay. 2-0. Uh, okay. I was going to say 2-0 as well. All right. Comfortable 2. Right. Can't, can't be as bad as last week. <laughs> no. And knowing what we do about that team, they have weaknesses. Let's face it, we know nothing. <laughs> Jake I, I think we're going to hit a bit of run and form uh, so I'll go for a, a 4-1 Ooh, I like it okay notice how I'm not making did I make it yeah. I was going to say alright Orient I think we lose on penalties oh. I think we win in Macedonia we scrape through 2-1 with a late winner uh, and now Newcastle that's at home of course 
Um, really important to keep get some points on the board after that uh, opening defeat and to build on the momentum of Southampton. Simon, Three I think two. you already... What did you say? 3-2 Tottenham. That'd be a good game. 3-0 Tottenham. like it. Jake? Uh, I, I think Newcastle are actually a better side than they might seem on paper, so I think it might be a draw. Yeah, here's my problem with that game is that we, we saw what Tottenham are like when they're playing a team away from home and the team and the opposition play a high line. But a team like Newcastle under Steve Bruce might come and try and play much deeper and just stodge it up. And then, then it, I'm not really sure what the plan is then. Uh, but it could be a day in those circumstances. You need players who can create chances and do the unexpected. So maybe if it, it might be a day where you see Ndombele and La Chelsea on the pitch at the same time. And that's how we unpick the lock. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say one nil in an unsatisfactory game, but the result... Well, what's, what's, what's interesting, though, in terms of the game so far, they've been very high-scoring, haven't they? I mean, what, Very, yeah. Amazing fact. It's going to be a record. Game. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a record. If they, if, 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 I think they need to get three or four goals in tonight, and it'll be a record weekend for the Premier League. Yeah, and are we saying that's because there's no fans in the stadium, there's less pressure? Is that the sort of link? Well, no, I think it's fitness. I think it's fitness is so varied between teams and players. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. But who knows? I just, I just think the quality of defending and defenders might be um, quite low generally. For a couple of years now, people have been saying there aren't that many really good centre-backs around generally. There are a real premium good quality centre-halves. I mean, yeah. like we said, we've already said that we, we need probably should get one. I mean, is anyone convinced by Dyer at centre-half? No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's not very slow. convincing as a midfielder either, is he? <laughs> too, too slow. And um, I mean, like that, yeah, that Danny Ings goal, the way he took it was brilliant. But mm. yeah, the um, how they, they both left him and just didn't, you know, it was very poor defending. I think yeah. Mourinho wants him to be his sort of John Terry figure, doesn't he? I don't, yeah. don't think Dyer yeah. is good enough for that. And I, I'd love Dyer to work out. But again, when, when you keep moving positions, it becomes very hard. I, mean, I can't remember a time he's played well at centre-half. No. Uh, he's played a few times and he just doesn't look like a natural centre-half. He, he looks like someone who's played midfield and has moved back to centre-half. Um, it's a whole team well, around him. Against Man United, when we drew one all, you know, oh, was, he say. played really well. He played really well that game, but then he gave away the penalty. So yeah. the penalty True. was terrible. But he had a great game, but the, but he made a big mistake. I, I think uh, I agree with Simon. I desperately want him to work out because he's got so many other great qualities and he, he could be a good leader. He is genuinely committed. But um, you say, Jake, that he looks like a uh, centre-half who used to be a midfielder. When he was a midfielder, he looked like a midfielder who used to be a centre-half. I mean, I, I mean, that sounds facetious, but I really felt that. Yeah. So yeah. I just don't feel like he feels comfortable in either position. But I think for me, Sanchez and Alderweireld are the best two. I think they're both naturally good centre-halves. I mean, Sanchez still has got some honing to be done, but in that position, you know, generally speaking, they get better as they get older. They mature like a wine, don't they? I mean, sometimes they're brilliant from the word go, like Ledley King but or Rio Ferdinand, but but for the most part, if you look at Gary Mabbott, for example, I mean, he was... He, he played a lot of positions, didn't he, early on? And then he ended up settling at um, centre-half, and he just got better and better and better. And by the end of his stint there, he was absolutely fantastic because it's one of those games where you've got to learn to be instinctively know what to do, where to be, when to time the tackle and all that sort of stuff. So I think Sanchez can become a really, really good centre-half, but he's going to need to be given games. Alderweireld is already the finished article. And Dyer's getting in for reasons of hope more than... Um, Present prowess, I would say. And the other think, one is Foyf. Yeah. Foyf is, uh, you know, I, 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 Pochettino really rated Foyf. He's playing for the Argentinian team. Yeah, uh, right back. Mourinho, yeah, Mourinho obviously doesn't fancy him that much. But I, I think whenever he did play, okay, he looked sometimes a bit shaky, but there's a player there. So, I, again, yeah. I, I think it would be a real tragedy if we let him go because he yeah. he's one of those players that will come good in a, in a few years. Yeah, Mourinho <laughs> definitely doesn't like I went to that Norwich away game last Christmas and uh, Foyth started tried to do something tricky in the middle of his own half, gave the ball away and we let a goal in and he was hooked shortly afterwards, never to be seen again. And I think Mourinho... Mourinho's got kind of old-fashioned... He's, he's so old-fashioned and British in his outlook, yeah. Mourinho. He so likes... Do you remember George Graham and Anthony Gardner? Yeah, yeah, he's like George Graham. Yeah, yeah. Well, Anthony Gardner was a sort of, you know, 
quite a skillful, tall player, but yeah. you know he used to muck about with it. And George Graham didn't like that with a no. centre back. And Foyth's the same. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's not Mourinho's type of yeah. defender at all. I mean, it's he doesn't. Worth noting, though, I think with Ledley King now in the in the coaching setup, it's that is a fantastic project for him. I think. You know, yeah. we haven't mentioned Tanganga. Obviously, he's oh, Tanganga, I think, is excellent. I love, yeah, I love it. He's, he's a brilliant project. And I've noticed that Carter Vickers hasn't been sent back out alone, has he? No, so not yet. That's another one where you can imagine Ledley and those two and Sanchez on special ops. Hopefully, yeah. Ledley just imparting all his wisdom could, could get quite interesting for us. Yeah, I think they've all got promise, especially uh, Tanganga and Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, all right, lads. I don't think. Uh, is there anything we haven't covered? I don't think so. Can you think of anything? Just how good Ndombele was. Because that was yeah. exciting. I know it was mentioned earlier, but mm. he was so. It just there was flickers of a yeah. real player yeah. there. Yeah. And, and him getting subbed at half time was a bit depressing, although it does seem that Mourinho, it was a fitness issue and he was on a yellow card rather than Mourinho just hating him. Um, well, but I really want it to work out there because he, he looks like he could be quality. I love him, but he is, again, he's, he's almost the antithesis of a Mourinho player because he, what he's all about is unpredictability and yeah. fantastic flair and ideas and tricks. And that, he basically turned the whole game with that incredible turn, didn't he? I mean, we were not in the game. Yeah, And exactly. he did that amazing turn and pass and the game changed from that exact moment. And that's what players like, that's why players like that are worth 60 million quid because they can actually change games on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not, the, that's not Mourinho's style. So... I just hope something will change it, but I just can't. I don't know. But let's see. Let's keep it up. At least he's progressing now. At least he's playing a part and making a contribution and very much in the squad, at least. Anyway, I'd like to thank you all very much, gentlemen. This is one of those shows. It's an historic show. The Bale Show, we'll call it. And um, uh, Simon, Jake, Sean, thank you all very, very much for uh, joining me here. And uh, I say to all around the world, all Tottenham fans, Bale is back. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.